Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. We are going to go full spoilers with Spider-Man Far From Home. It's been out a week. You've seen it. And it is almost Comic-Con season. We are going to dive in to all of the panel announcements and all of the craziness coming to SDCC. This is Collider Heroes, and we are very excited to finally talk about Spider-Man and finally talk about Comic-Con. It's a big week. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, I've never started out sweaty. I, I get sweaty as the show goes <laughs> on. I'm already you're sweaty already within sweaty. the first few seconds. Is thinking because, about everything. It, oh, thinking about everything. It's yeah. not just like it's kind of hot in here. It's no, you're no, no, already. No. It's all the comic nerdy goodness around. I get you. I feel We're that. talking about Far From Home. And we should yes. mention that Amy Dowland is very far from home. Yes. Nah. She is in London, very much in honor of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So John Roca and the great Hector Navarro. I think Navarro. she's there for another reason, but we'll just say it's uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, she's, she's there for Spider-Man. No, she's there for work. But we're going to say it's for yeah. Spider-Man because today everything's about Spider-Man. That's right. The three of us, it's branded. It's Spider-Man. It's going to be great. Yeah, awesome. Now, we've had to do non-spoiler reviews. Uh, I've done a number of them. It's yeah. the, one of the harder movies to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, it really So is. I'm going to say from this moment on, spoilers. We're leaning in. We're going all the way. Get out of here. Away. Go. We're Go, moments Adam. away. Adam from the booth Jesus, has left Adam. the booth. His ears have not yet heard Far From Home, and he's waiting for spoilers. There, he's running out. Okay. There he is. Five, right four, four, three, two. That scene with Venom. Okay, no, he's gone. Right. Uh, <laughs> so this movie, from the jump, answers a lot of questions people have had about Endgame. It's a great palate cleanser from Endgame and tone, but it yeah. also does a great thing like Ant-Man where it's like, it's a different tone, but we're going to remind you we're in the universe. Yeah. By the opening of the movie doing the, the problem solving of the blip, yes. I love the blip being a softer tone versus the snap. Even the sound of it sounds like Spider-Man, like yeah. blip versus mm-hmm. snap. Mm-hmm. And the, the high school montage catches us up in five years of, of narrative beautifully. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the, the Endgame solution they chose? As much as you loved Spider-Man showing up in uh, Civil War and then getting his own movie in Homecoming, this is why he's an essential part of the MCU. Mm -hmm. He allows Endgame and Infinity War to exist in these very serious death tones, but plays it for jokes, plays it for laughs, and never loses the stakes. And that opening... With an in memoriam, for God's sake, hilarious, what brilliant, and because we love those characters so much from the first movie, yeah. to have Betty Brant and that other guy to do what they did and present it as a blip, and then seeing them like showing up in the middle of band yeah. rehearsal or band practice, yes, all of it. What a very brilliant way to address people's concerns. Was got people got all serious after Endgame. Mm-hmm. How are they going to address this in yeah. Spider Man? They better deal with it. Yeah, and here they are going. Here's how we're going to deal with it. Deal with how we dealt with it. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was genius. I agree. Yeah, I had a. I, um, I have a buddy who works at a trailer house 
And years ago, he told me, this is going on like two plus years ago before, or a little after Infinity War came out. He told me, hey, we're working on Spider-Man Far From Home. Do you want to know what I know? And he told me some stuff. He told me basically the sort of opening where he goes, five years pass between the snap and what you know and the next right. avengers film. and when he told me that i went that is so genius because as soon as infinity war came out everybody all the cynical people went well they're just going to undo that everybody's just going to come right, back to life right. there's no stakes there's no yeah. dramatic stakes and i feel like what they did in terms of the the, the snap and thanos's thing plus coupled with far from home is the smartest way to do it because you're able to have that comic book moment where half of life turns into dust which is full comic book and still have those dramatic stakes of Five years have passed, so now it's about what happens to the characters afterwards, and now I'm talking about how great Endgame is. But then what Far From Home does is it proves that Marvel was thinking about those things even before an audience saw Infinity War and started asking those same questions. Yes. Marvel was kind of like, yeah, we know. We've, we were planning it out. You know, we got it figured out and you're going to see a couple lines of older, younger brothers becoming older brothers and everybody coming back and people being displaced. And that and gave that us was, feast. And that gave yeah. us, yeah, exactly, which is a great Aunt May thing. And, it's, and, and for this movie, I'd love to have seen more of Marissa Tomei, mm-hmm. but I feel that this movie overall is a great transition between like Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the old movies called Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 3, but, I'm, <laughs> but I mean like it's a great sort of bridge between Spidey being introduced anew in the MCU versus now he is solidified as his own sort of character, yeah. and his, right? Because the way that this movie ends mm-hmm. with his identity, with J. Jonah Jameson, with him swinging through New York, we'll which that caught that. me off guard yeah. because I was like, oh, we haven't seen this Spidey do that yet. Yeah. And swinging through New York in such a unique Tom Holland Spidey way where he's texting at the same time, MJ's telling him not to do that. Then we get the J.K. Simmons moment. Then then another thing that I'm going to go ahead and throw out here is a little prediction. The building that he flies through, which mm. used to be Avengers Baxter. Tower, I'm going Oscorp. You're going Oscorp. I'm going, yeah. I think, but it, because one, remember. Two, three. Right, but I think that's something different. I think that, mm. I don't think that that's going to be the Baxter building. I think that that's going to be Oscorp because, again, in Homecoming, Happy was saying, we sold it. We sold the building. We got to move out. But, move, move. Sure. but even yeah. then, two years ago, people were like, it's going to be Norman Osborn. It's going to be. And I feel like they've held off on Oscorp. They've held off on the Sinister Six fully mm-hmm. until they've gotten Spider Man to this point. I've also heard that if the movie didn't make $100 million, that Sony would take complete creative control. Did you guys hear about this? No. Apparently, the deal was overall if the movie didn't make. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. A billion. Not $100 oh, million. Oh, like, a billion. One billion dollars. If this movie didn't make a billion at some point in some kind of deal and i don't know if this is true or not that sony would then for spider-man 3 right homecoming 3 would take full creative control but because it's going to probably make a billion marvel studios will then again be able to collaborate with them and work on three i feel like it's going to hit 1.3 to 1.6 i feel like it's going to land in like in the comfortable over a billion i think it's going to be it's that end game momentum baby i love it most rewatchable because the moment it ends you're like wait a second is there a twist on the twist and now i've got to watch two different things about the film you're not just watching the mysterious stuff we all knew yeah. you're watching for that second post credit scene because you're wondering yeah. when Nick Fury like we heard don't this, invoke her name the Kree line ah, I should have known they're, when they're talking about the Kree and they're yeah. like oh the yep. Kree sleeper cells yep. I was like wow they're deep into this cosmic stuff oh no wait those are Skrulls right mm-hmm. that's the brilliant of brilliance of this now yeah. seeing what happens with Talos and Soren you're like oh Wait a minute, we're flipping the Kree scroll thing completely yeah. around. Mm-hmm. And you've got Ronan in there in the back. So what's that how's that gonna play into this situation? Mm-hmm. Uh that excites me on so many levels. Having the scrolls be a part of this now they're being being good guys. Okay, they're shapeshifters. Yeah. How how is that gonna help? Plus the technology yeah. that Jake uh or that uh, sorry, Mysterio used Quentin Beck used yeah. <laughs> with all this crew. They didn't lose that technology. Quentin just died. And we yeah. set up supposedly. Sword. Yeah, and we set up sword at the, the beginning end of the post credit scene. That's great. And too. another Spidey villain, Dimitri. Yes. 
Yes, you meet him the whole time. You're waiting right. for there the whole time. He's the chameleon, and I'm yeah. like, okay, in this world, either the chameleon's going to yeah. be more of the Mysterio hologram tech, yep. mm-hmm. or maybe he's like a scroll also. Because the, the shape-shifting lands. I, yeah, I'd love for it to be still tech-based. Because here's what I love about this movie. I got out of this movie, and my girlfriend, who's not familiar with Spider-Man comics, was asking me, wait, does Mysterio have powers in the comics? And I was like, no. no. This, yeah. is, <laughs> this is so authentic yeah. that the trailers and that the whole beginning of the movie is like, he's like Doctor Strange. The score by Michael Giacchino is even evoking oh, yeah. some yeah. of his Doctor Strange score. And you play with the Norse Thor stuff. You play yes. with the Doctor Strange to be visuals. Like, okay, yeah. got it. He's and magic. That line, there's a single line of dialogue about how we've survived all this stuff so you'll believe anything. Yes. I love that yeah. post-Endgame you're like, yeah, if a yeah. snap can take out half of people, yeah. I'm going to buy a multiverse. Yeah. Because we all, yep. we didn't I get, necessarily I get emails buy from a raccoon, way, right? but yeah. we did buy it enough. That, and I also love that it filmed, uh, it, it tricked film fans because it didn't play at the typical three-act structure. Mm-hmm. I was talking sure. about right before we went to yeah. air. It was about 10 minutes later than I expected the twist. So there was about 10 minutes I was like, <laughs> wait, is Jake good? Is, good? Is, yeah. there, is there an alternate universe bad Jake? Quentin's and is he going to come yeah. in the third act? Yeah. But no, he actually hoodwinked us as comic fans. Well, because the MCU has always has, has done a has a record now of over 10 years of turning the narrative on its yep. head or twisting certain origins of characters. Like, Ned doesn't exist in the yeah. Peter storyline. Yeah. But doing all those kinds of things, they and they make it work. They rarely misstep. Yes. And so, yes. So for you to think for 10 minutes that it was possible that they're actually myster- they're giving powers to Mysterio. Yeah. And this is a whole multiverse situation. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. What happens here? But then when the twist happens, you're in. And, of course, us being comic fans, we weren't fooled by the twist no. necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, which, which a lot of people going to see the movie were. It's just so Judging great. from those tweets. Yeah. But like so but what you wanted to see was what they were gonna do with this, and I think the brilliant nature of this movie is it's topical as hell. Yes. The idea, I mean, whatever side of the political fence you're on, sure. they played the talking head thing with J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yep. They yep. played the fake news thing <laughs> yeah. with the doctored video. They yep. played all of it. So now this old school thing that we've known, oh, he's a menace. Now takes a whole new relevance. I don't know and how I feel about nowadays. that. I don't know how I feel about it's that. It's scary because Jonah's always been kind of a good guy. Like yeah. he's been a dick, yeah. but he's been like a good person. He's been paternal. I don't Peter. know who he is. He sends us stuff in the mail. Yeah. He's, he's been kind of a good person. But now if they're going full on Infowars, I'm yeah. like, take yeah. this guy down. I'm like, this guy's uh, like sue him and have <laughs> your lawyer have, have your lawyer be Matt Murdock, <laughs> Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, there you take this dude down in court because he is exposing the life of a 16 year old kid. Like it's very Infowars and it's my, horrendous. My my issue with the the defamation of Peter Parker yeah. is now he can't work at the Bugle, and now he can't yeah. go back to high school. Right. Peter Parker can't be a senior in high school <sighs> okay, as Spider-Man. Look. And we just got MJ you, and yeah, them together. I know, man. You just all took away listen. all of that. Yep. This is a review of Far From Home. This isn't a speculation for what's going to happen in the next phase. and Because I think it could <laughs> Spider-Man go... Spider-Man 3 Homeward Bound is not going to have him. I think if, it could go one of... Two ways with the identity thing, they could really lean into it and actually embrace it and go, yeah, this is this is this character now in a post secret mm-hmm. identity world. Sure. Or they could find ways to sort of undo it mm-hmm. uh, and still have it be not a magical Mephisto devil moment that he just like undoes mm-hmm. the, everybody's memory on Earth, which is real dumb. But I mean, like a genuine like you've got scrolls of play, you've got doctorate footage, you've got um, you've got a, a scroll who could just show up as a Spider Man while yeah. Peter Parker's there. That classic Clark Kent Bruce Wayne sure. thing where it's like I need you to dress up like Batman so that I can you know. Mm-hmm. So I can be Bruce Wayne in public yeah. and people don't. Iron Man and his bodyguard. There's different things that could happen, but overall, this movie, um, I loved it very much. For me, the first half was okay. 
Okay. There, was, there was some stuff. Was... The first act that was that was. Although I love the MJ Peter stuff with all of my heart. That stuff for me is the heart of the film, and mm-hmm. I really think it's so so strong. And I love both of those actors and those performances so much that there was a lot of like sitcom sort of situational comedic, mm-hmm. like oh he's his pants off, and the guy took a picture. Oh he's gonna fire him with a drone with the student. Oh no! Whoa. It's like shenanigans <laughs> that were that felt very forced. For me, the movie really like was on fire from the point where Jake Gyllenhaal goes, that wasn't so hard from the, like, yeah. the end of the movie. Right. And then I was like, this right. is thrilling. This is so cool. But I would argue you need to do what you talked. You do. You, what bores you that guys 10 a little minute, bit. You need to do you that. You do. So that when the switch happens, you yeah. can be like, oh, damn. You know what it was is maybe I wanted it or expected more of the conversation between Peter and Happy in the jet mm. towards the beginning of the film. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where oh, it's yeah. like, I'm, I was appreciating the comedic tone. I thought it was hilarious. All the stuff with the, with the kids like talking about the the world after yeah. but i maybe was like okay but okay aunt may where does she live now but where you know like yeah. i wanted a little bit more of that but then i got it sort of second half of we the need, film. I, and i, I want to give credit to one of the best mcu villains now that i can say the word villain which i couldn't before mm. i love that mysterio is prophetic mm-hmm. we've had a lot like like in the way idiocracy is prophetic with presidency <laughs> uh i think yeah. mysterio we're gonna have deep fakes and things like this being a real problem in five to ten years right. uh. i think the deep fake conversation is this Mysterio villain is a great way to look ahead yep. towards where we are with society and Mysterio is doing things that are going to be a daily occurrence in less than 10 years. Well, that's why his last words are so prophetic. Like you said, they'll believe whatever people in, will believe whatever like nowadays these. in times like this. So we had Vulture looking back at yeah. the comics and making a yeah. 60s villain yeah. work. And then we had Mysterio looking forward to the future, making a yeah. 60s villain work. And right. I think when we get Craven in the third one, which is my theory, we're going to get a 60s villain making the present day modern and having an evil Steve Irwin. I think we're going to have a villain that really I works so. the time in a way that doesn't people won't expect. I really hope so. Don't get my hopes up. I want it. Be, uh, how you going to hunt a superhero in hey. New York? You hire a hunter. Dimitri's yeah. half-brother is Sergei. Bring him He's in. right there. Bring it's him a phone in. call away. That's now, it. We cannot talk. We could right. for the next four hours talk about this film, but for runtime purposes, we're going to be having a full spoiler review on Giant Size Heroes. So if you guys don't watch Giant Size Heroes, you can't because it's an audio thing. Listen to Giant Size Heroes, <laughs> and it'll be airing on Good Thursday. Recovery, I was like, see this podcast so the three of us are going to be continuing this review we're going to probably dive into it for a good half hour so giant size heroes will drop on thursday it's going to be full spoilers we'll get into tom holland's performance the mj relationship more jake gyllenhaal ramifications in the future all of the easter eggs there's so much to talk about it could be a six-hour conversation that might well be if they don't kick me out of that room so first this week we sat down with flash thompson himself tony revelori tony for you um, well, I mean, like, having read the comics, there's obviously there, and I try to take as much from the comics. Obviously, I'm not a physical exact <laughs> match uh, of Flash Thompson, but then again, that character has evolved from the time. I mean, like, in yeah. the first comic, he was a 5'2 red hair short dude <laughs> who bullied Peter, so it makes no difference, <laughs> and now he's a 6'2 jock blonde blue-eyed white guy so it can constantly be changing and obviously it's really nice to see the mcu kind of go in a more diverse step um but yeah it was i i always loved the duality of loving spider-man and and we we played it in the first movie and a lot of that kind of got cut um for pacing as you know things need to and everything so in this movie we really try to play that up even more to make sure it ends in the movie uh and i'm so glad it did because i think it's 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 really hilarious that um uh he just loves spider-man so much this is a person that he sees as a hero 
a true person that does inspire him to be better, even though he's such an a-hole. <laughs> um, and and he's, he's a terrible human being to the one person who actually is under that mask without knowing it. Yeah. And I think that's the, I mean, we, the more we play up that, the better it always is. Um, and joking with all the different moments and everything. Yeah. The moment of dichotomy in, in the in scene. The, in the that that one-two yeah, yeah. punch was like, ah, Flash Thompson ah, in the 30-second bubble, yeah. and now here we are. And there we go. Yeah. yeah and actually, was, what you're speaking to, it's the essence of the character persisting across different versions. Because Flash values the wrong things, and that's what's absolutely. actually important about him. And right. So I love Far From Home because it gave us insight into Flash Thompson. In this interview, we got even more insight with Tony's perspective on the character. It's, it's a great interview. Check it out. It's live right now on Collider Video, so look it up on YouTube, which is where you are. Uh, now, we also have <laughs> comic books that came out this week, so we've got a juicy pull list. Let's dive in. Mm, Nerd time! Comics. Now, comic books are where the source of this very, very insight come from, so it felt perfect that the mm. number one poll of the week is Amazing Spider-Man 25. We're going to talk in-depth about that on Giant Size Heroes, but 25 is a big issue. It's going to be crazy. On the other side, we've got Batman Universe number one, which is these books that have been only at Walmart finally coming into your hands at oh, a local cool. comic book store. Mm, very so cool. We're going to dive into that. We'll talk about that more. War of the Realms Omega number one is the follow-up to the conclusion of War of the Realms. It's kind of the wrap-up. It's a summation. <gasps> what Check happened? That out. We'll find out. Oh, boy. A- Event Levi. Leviathan is the other side. It's ramping up into a giant event. Mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malave, their masterpiece of detective work over at DC. And finally, Criminal Number 6. If you've never read a criminal book, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips have been writing a crime noir for years. This is a new anthology about this insane world they've built. Mm-hmm. Criminal is a great, super accessible noir book that I recommend to everyone if cool. you don't like cape books. Yeah. So uh, out of those, any, any call to you guys? Well, certainly Brubaker yeah, uh, yeah. and certainly Leviathan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So both of those things are definitely in my wheelhouse uh, to read. I'm a, a good friend with Dan Panoshin, uh, and Dan always recommends any Brubaker stuff. Yeah. He's, every birthday, he's giving me a Brubaker book. Oh, cool. So, yeah, he's pretty that's awesome. That's like cool that. tradition. Yeah, it's that's cool great. tradition. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so he finds his – I didn't know who Brubaker was when he oh, gave me. sure. So it was his way of walking me into sure. stuff, you know, uh, before he put his fist through my face. Dan's a big guy <laughs> is what I'm saying. When you're around Dan Panoshin, yeah. you know, he's called uh, the urban barbarian for a reason. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing, uh, uh, those things that I'm into. And Leviathan, Brian Michael Bendis, what he's doing with that is fantastic. It's so brilliant. I'm down. I've been waiting to get back into the, because one of my favorite series of all time, if not of all time, is Invincible by mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman oh, and yeah. Ryan Otley. And run that, when, that, when that run ended, Ryan went to Spidey. Yeah. And I read the first few issues and I loved them, but I was like, I want to get some trades. I want to kind of, you know, so now that this film has just come out, like yep. now, now I'm like ready to dive back in and maybe get caught up to issue 25. But that stuff is so good. It's, it's so, so kinetic. Good. Ryan Otley's flavor. Yes. works with Spider-Man so well Perfectly. the energy of Spider-Man Perfectly. translates these thick lines beautifully yeah. mm-hmm. and then the writing like Nick Spencer is writing this yes. really fun really like vivaciously comedic but also like heavy which yeah. is Spider-Man he's got both the power and the responsibility down plus MJ's back so that makes me very and, happy and MJ's great <laughs> MJ every Spider-Man book on the shelves right now is really solid cool. I can say like if you pick up a Spidey book from the last eight months is it, they're all cool. solid is it the best time ever to be a Spidey I fan I feel like it's the best time ever to be a Spidey yeah. fan <laughs> I agree read this book go see this movie go home play this game Watch, go watch this Spider-Verse. Film. Go, you're good. Your life's pretty solid. <laughs> Speaking of things being pretty solid in the world of nerddom, we've got our SDCC 2019 slate. It has finally been announced. This last Sunday, San Diego came out gun swinging, Boom. which isn't an expression. And I think the 90-minute Hall H Marvel panel is the most anticipated panel we've had at a Comic-Con in two or three years. Uh, agreed. Like, yeah, that's hey, the showstopper. The yeah. stakes are so high. Yes. 
Enjoy, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. will not be first there. One missed. Yes, first one missed in twelve years. Hey, listen, so. I don't know what's worse is uh, is being there, uh, or rather, is missing it, or being there but being somewhere else and you can't be in Hall H at that time because mm-hmm. I'm hosting a panel right at the time. Oh. So I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, great. It's I'm near it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have no press credentials for that panel, so yes. I feel like I'm going to be sitting outside that panel on my phone refreshing. And that's how I'm going to experience all of So none of us are going to have the proper oh, experience. No. Well, who knows? You might be able to, say, you know, collider. A bit. Yeah, you might pull <laughs> some Collider might slide you in there. Just but, follow yeah. Frosty like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> just walk with him. Yeah. Uh, no, but, Shave my head. Yeah, right? yeah, just stand literally like, like you're his, uh, you're his Mysterio. You're his multiverse, uh, uh, Steve. There's going to be a bunch Frosty. of, there's going to be a bunch of trench coat children getting into Hall H that day. Just like, do two dudes on top of each other like, we're a one tall gentleman. Why, hello. We'll take one seat. Like, trying to get in there. Yeah, but, but this is uh, fascinating because, I mean, like, we were talking off air before we started this idea of, well, um, some of these studios, Sony's not going to be there, Warner right. Bros. not bringing their DC stuff, so you're like, okay, where, what does this uh, allow for? Oh, it allows for other uh, comic book-related properties to mm-hmm. be in these slots in Hall H. Batman Beyond, Batman is, Beyond is Hall H is yeah, yeah. You brought it up. It's yeah. definitely the one I was going to mention, too. Batman Beyond is something that got me into the animated series in reverse to cool. Batman. Yeah. Cool. Like, I did not watch the Batman animated series when it first started. I watched Batman Beyond and first then and then found my way back cool. into the animated series. So I'm so excited. And I got to work with Will Friedel a few times oh, on amazing. the Transformers uh, series yeah. that they're voice on. So Will's a great guy. Yeah. So to see him getting this time and all these other people getting involved, it's great. And Andrea Romano as well, who I've interviewed. Yeah. She's great. So this is fantastic. 20 years feels yeah. crazy. That's, like, can that's I just, can we just say out loud, like, how has it been 20 years? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful that it's Hall H, and I think there is something to be said about things reverting a bit. Things going back to being a comic con. Yeah. Yeah. Because this would have been exciting in Ballroom 22 years ago. But yes. in Hall H, it shows there is a space for proper comic book content, and them debuting Batwoman and Pennyworth there oh, yeah. also shows me that they're taking comic con seriously as what it's meant to be. And I like that DC TV has such a strong presence, and I think it shows yeah. DC TV and DC film are such separate animals. When we heard the DC film announcement, we were all like, wait, no, no, please, come back. But now we're hearing Joker might be on a festival circuit. Yeah. And then mm. if we're getting Joker in a festival circuit plus DC TV running Comic-Con, that is an amazing best of both worlds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a problem for me at all. Yeah, and really. Wonder Woman's just far enough away, I feel like I would love footage of Wonder Woman. I really wish we had that. Yeah. But I don't feel like it'll be unfair to the fans not to have it. Because it is next year around mm-hmm. this time. I get that. Yeah, it's not like they've got two other movies opening this year and you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i think i just i think that the the disappointment for me as a dc fan was that i just would love the sort of like confidence and preparedness and just showing up to a show and being like you don't even know check this out birds of prey you think you're gonna get your mind blown here's here's a scene from joker like it's gonna blow your mind yeah like, Joaquin, he's gonna come out here gonna talk about it for a little bit check this out we got wonder woman here's Kristen wick she's gonna talk about cheetah oh you don't, you have no idea what cheetah looks like here's what she looks like here's a clip like that level of just like mm-hmm. getting hyped you know getting yeah. and and although it's happened before and it hasn't come through i still love when uh, when DC or when Marvel, when they just have that sort of slate that like, here's the plan. Yeah. Because to me, it means like total confidence in the plan, in the brand. Yeah. And I want to, I want to know when new gods is coming out. You know what I mean? I want Ava DuVernay to come out and be like, Here, here's who's in new gods. Here, here are your new gods. Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that is just so awesome. But Even if, if it's just Tom King year, and Ava DuVernay talking, exactly. I would watch a 45 minute panel in Hall H. Exactly. Just them, like, tell me. Get, especially because some of those films, um, like what happened to Spielberg's Black Hawks? What happened? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that yeah. like, there's a bunch right. of stuff that's, that's yeah. like, the guys, DC there, slate has right. been like for a long time. It's, yeah. it's a lava lamp right now. It's like, where, where, 
where kind of is it? So I would love some of that solidification. But Blue Beetle we, was greenlit three times. Yeah. If we got to wait a year, that Flash movie. Oh wait. Yeah. I know. Which is like if, if we're getting a new the It guys coming in, yeah, then cool. Really then let's it. hear him yeah. talk about it. And for the a timing of him being announced a week too well at yeah. that point, two weeks before Comic Con. Yeah. What a great way to be like. And now we have him. Well, for and sure. also the DC Universe streaming stuff, right? Yeah. That issue. That can, address that head on. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Give it plans. Say you're going to do what? Are you rolling it into the WB streaming thing, which is the rumor I heard from a couple of people? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be its own thing? Or are you just going to kill it? Mm-hmm. Like, let us know. Give us an update. Walk into it. Admit the mistakes. Say yeah. you've made some course corrections and you're going forward. People want hey, that. Swamp, and the timing yeah. with Sandman doesn't help them. Yeah. I, yeah. Everyone was talking about Swamp yeah, Thing being canceled point. early. To me, that wasn't as big of a, a red I flag agree. as, oh, hey, we went to Netflix, our competition, yeah. with Sandman with a giant budget. That, yeah. to me, was, oh, no, I'm really worried. Because I like the DC Universe so much. Yeah. Like, present company included. I love all the yeah. hosts there. And I really like <laughs> oh, yeah. what, they, like what they've built is yep. really incredible. Yes. Not just because you're sitting here. But, but I love to have that, that sort of showstopper panel to be like, here's the plan. Yes, yes Swamp Thing is only going to be one season. But we've got plans to bring the character Swamp mm-hmm. Thing into this other oh, show. Right. And Great do this point. and do that. Like, that kind of, like, you know, of, of just being able to to announce like we got this that and the i want to see itself leaving a show to click on a comic book is something yes. so important and i feel like if they come into comic-con guns blazing with a giant screen like this is what the app is this is what's coming yep. and i would personally i would announce things within the app i think it'd be really cool to be like this is our infrastructure this is what we're doing and yeah. look at the new shows yeah like what feige did mm-hmm. with d23 that yep. one year but do it within the universe app because yeah. that's all beautiful branding yeah, but it is a misstep for me. But the DC TV stuff is so strong that yeah. I feel like it shows the separation between the two. But it shows how comfy DC TV is with their slate. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're coming in with everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, now, what do you guys think the ninety-minute Marvel panel is going to be? Do you think it's going to be a this is Phase Four? Do you think it's going to be a we've assembled the Avengers to say goodbye? Do you think it's going to be a we've got some footage from Eternals and this is what we're willing to show you? Or is it something crazy like Loki walking around again? Why not all four? <laughs> it's only ninety minutes. I, <laughs> uh, I think that there will be a a uh, uh, a soft. Um, uh, mm. Announcement of what Phase Four is, at least what next year is. Okay, because there's three movies coming out next year, or is it two? What's in 2020? Uh, it's three, right? It's Black like, Widow. It's May, which we don't know if it's Black Widow. It's probably gonna be Black Widow, but it's May, <laughs> and then it's it's uh, it's it, is it July and then November? I believe. So. Or am I getting those months wrong? But I th- whatever I think those May, are, July, November, and then one of those is maybe the Eternals, and then one of those is maybe. Guardians hasn't started How yet. How great is it? We don't know. It's, Everyone wants a which slate. Is awesome. I like not knowing. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe one of them, Shang Chi. I don't know. But I think we're gonna hear. We're gonna hear. Here's 2020. Here's the beginning of our Phase Four. Here's what we can guarantee you. You're gonna see the Fantastic Four at some point. We have plans for the X Men. Um, uh, I think that you're gonna have at the end of the panel. I think that Robert Downey and Chris Evans are gonna come out. You and, do. And I really do. Okay. And I think that a Same. lot of the. Um, okay. I think the core six Avengers are gonna come out, and it's gonna bring the house down. <laughs> I think they're gonna say. Save all their Disney Plus stuff for D23. I think they're going to yes. save Phase 4 for D23. I think we get the original six Avengers, and I think they mm. announce Fantastic Four and X-Men being a thing that they're working on. But mm. time will tell, and we'll talk about that more on Giant Size on Thursday because we are out of time today. Thank you guys so much for joining Thank me. You, Thank you for joining blast. me on Giant Size. I'm excited awesome. to continue this conversation. Let's do it. Let's and until next week, stay sweaty.
This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.